I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in St. Cray. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampilatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my dear friend, friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Heredian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Trophena and Trophosa, whose women, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend, friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philophagus, Julia, Nerus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason and Sonispater, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, send you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works and our brother Quartus, send their greetings. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel 
the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by my command of, of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you very much, Russ. Well done. Now we're all absolutely convinced now how to pronounce uh, each of those each of those names. Um, it may not be a a mystery uh, that's been hidden from long ages past. You might have clocked this for yourself. Uh, I'm about the least cultured person I know. When it comes to fashion, I'm clueless. Uh, when it comes to the many famous books I'm meant to have read. I've not read them. Uh, art is lost on me. I get lost in art galleries. Uh, when it comes to music, I'll tell you if I like it. I can't tell you what it is or who it's by. Uh, and I struggle to remember the last film I properly sat down to watch that wasn't produced by Disney or Pixar that my children had on. I, I, I can vaguely remember going to the cinema probably about 18 months ago, and again, it was with my children. Um, but you don't need to be, and this is good news for me, you don't have to be really cultured. You don't have to be an incredible genius to know that when you're watching a film, the point at which it ends. It's obvious, isn't it? How do you know when you're watching a film that it ends? Well, if you're in the cinema, they put the lights on again, don't they? And you start to watch the credits go up the screen. Uh, that list of people who've been involved in making the film. Uh, and what, what, what does that tell you in that moment? It tells you it's time to go. Or if you're watching on TV, it's time to switch off. But I reckon if you're in the cinema or, or watching a film on TV, you'd be a lot slower to rush off or, or to switch off if you knew somebody who'd been involved in making that film and you were, you were looking out for their name. Or if you knew, like a lot of films actually do, there's a, a cheeky little bit of extra a film scene right at the end, at the end of the credits, to reward the person who has uh, stayed it to the end. Well, we've arrived at the end of... Uh, Romans, one of the blockbuster books of the Bible. And it felt probably last week like we'd landed, like, like the lights were coming on. Um, just pick up at the, the very end of chapter 15. Paul says, I may come to you with joy by God's will, and in your company be refreshed. The God of all peace, uh, the God of peace be with you all. Sounds very much like an ending, doesn't it? And then he says, Amen. It's got to be the end because we go, we all join in and go, Amen. And then it's as if the credits start to roll. I commend to you our sister Phoebe. Greet Priscilla and Aquila. Greet my dear friend uh, Epinetus. Uh, and maybe we're tempted to think, well, it's time to, time to go now. Time to set Romans down. Time to switch off. Uh, but what if uh, these names are much more important than we realize? What, what if also, right at the end, there's an extra bit of Romans? So that's exactly what we get uh, right at the end, uh, verses 25 uh, 20 to 27. Uh, just reminding us what God is able to do. Now to him who's able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the commander of the eternal God so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. 
to the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. And it really is the end this time. Amen. What is God able to do? As Paul closes this final little extra scene, what is it? He's able to establish you. He's able to establish us. He is able to strengthen us. He's able to make us strong. But it's not just, you know, when Paul writes, now to him he's able to establish you, he's not picking out individuals. He's speaking you. As my, my Greek uh, tutor at Bible college used to say, he's American and he could pull it off. It's not a you singular, it's a y'all. You all. It was make all of us strong as dear friends and as co-workers. That's what Romans 16 points us to. God establishes us as dear friends and co-workers all through the good news of Jesus. That's been God's plan throughout the centuries, throughout all history, is to form a people that belong to him, who are brought back to him through Jesus Christ. In the past, it's been a bit of a hidden mystery. But it's always been there. Just dig into the writings in the Old Testament, the prophetic writings. It's there. He's there. Uh, later on in a, a second service, we're going to uh, have the joy of uh, baptizing uh, two children. And just think about the picture of baptism for a moment. Jesus' death washing away our sins. Going down into water, going down into our death with Jesus to be raised up to new life. Because Jesus was raised up to new life. Welcomed as part of God's family, God's church. And recognize that none of those things come from anything to do with us. You don't have to be, as one of the, the, the books I read with my children reminds us, you don't have to be great, big, super good, an important person. What do you need? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it means when uh, the church gathers, whether it's St. Luke's or, or, or another church, there should be a whole variety of people in the church community, young and old, people of different nationalities and countries and languages, single people, married people, people who are celebrating, people who are feeling sad, those who are coming feeling confident and those feeling uncertain. The church, St. Luke's church, should be like nothing else in the world. And like Paul, we have a message for the whole world, the message of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is able to establish us together as dear friends and as co-workers. Now I wonder, as uh, Russ was reading, did, it, did anyone play the game of counting how many people are name-checked in Romans 16? I'll save you the half an hour of trying to work it out. Um, I counted 35. 35 names. Um, so if you know anybody about to have a baby and they're trying to work out what name to choose, um, this might be a good place to go to. I'm quite liking verse 15. Olympus. That's a good one, isn't it? Some great names. 35. And, and, and we're tempted, aren't we, to, to view it a bit like the end credits of the film. These are people we don't know. But just think of the first hearers. As they heard these names being read, they would have looked around and gone, that's you. That's you. That's you. The excitement. These are all people they knew. 
These are all people they loved, and these are all people that belong to Jesus. Because Jesus makes us dear friends. How many times uh, in those verses do we hear uh, greetings being given? And I can't help but think of Brian Green, who stands at the front of uh, our front door so often, and welcomes people into church and says, greetings. He's right. Maybe we should, we should honour that more. How often are people called by Paul in these verses? Dear friend, sister, brother. It's there in verse 8, isn't it? Greet, greet Ampietus, my dear friend in the Lord. Or, or verse 1, I commend to you our sister, Phoebe. Dear friends, sisters, brothers. It's the language of being united together. Men and women. This was hugely countercultural. The number of women who are given a high profile. This, this wasn't the kind of thing that happened in Paul's day. This is wonderful. Jew and Gentile are named. Slave and free are named. African, Middle Eastern, European people are named. Dear friends, because of being the people of Jesus. It's Jesus who brings people who normally would keep far apart from each other, together as dear friends, as family in Christ. I just want you to, to think for a moment, and, and maybe just kind of bring this home to you a little bit more. Just think about the people in your story of being a Christian who've been really significant. Who are the people who, who jump to mind immediately? What are their names? When I think of that, I always picture uh, one of the photos that was taken on my wedding day. Um, Emily and I have just got married. You can imagine the grins on our face. And we're walking out. And I think we've reached about here in the church. Uh, photographers down the other end taking a picture. Uh, and, uh, and the photo is of us beaming. You can see a few faces. And there's just there's an arm. There's a hand on my shoulder. You can't see whose hand it is. But I know exactly the person's hand is. It's Diana's hand. Diana is my godmother. And I know that ever since I was baptized, she has prayed for me every Monday. She still does. I think about, I think about Edward. Uh, Edward. Uh, when I was about 13, 14, he was, it seemed like he was about 450 years old. He was the oldest person I knew on the planet. He was ancient. Probably only in his 70s or something like that. But, you know, when you're 14, you're, you're not, not the best judge. Um, and he had two cats in his life. He had Meggie, his kitten. And he had his green Jaguar. Um, he, he was a proper gentleman. He wore a cravat. And this green Jaguar car went out for a drive once a week. From the bottom of the road where he lived to the top of the road where the church was. And he would arrive and, and he would sit down. You know, come with his, his, his sticks. And I just remember as a teenager feeling a little bit awkward when there was an action children's song. And just kind of, this is just a bit rubbish. And I'd look across at Edward. I suspect Edward was not a man who loved our God, is a great big God. But there he was, doing the actions. Admittedly about two verses behind, but he was doing the actions because he knew how important it was. It wasn't his preference, but he knew. And what an example to me as a 13, 14-year-old boy. And I think, I could think of lots of people. One more, Tim, Mr. Cross. He was my math teacher in year nine at school. Um, I, he, he was great. I liked him. I did well at maths in year nine, and my maths has stayed at year nine level ever since, but that's another story. 
But I remember, it must have been after he'd been my maths teacher. I remember we were gathered for a school assembly in the big hall. He stood up in front of a couple of hundred of teenage boys. And he told us that he'd just become a Christian. And he told us the story of how. When you're a teenage boy slightly embarrassed about being a Christian and trying to keep your head down, what an encouragement. I think of Diana, I think of Edward, I think of Tim. He, he, he comes to your mind. Not last Friday, the Friday before we had a, a light, we had two light passes. Now one of my huge, we'll see, we'll see a video of it in a little bit. And one of my huge encouragements from it were that some of the young people who come to our Friday youth group, came to Hungerton, currently doing our CY course of finding out who Jesus is, asked if they could come and help said, yes, of course you can. And they threw themselves into it. And I'm just sitting there going, how many of the children who came to the light body are going to look up at them? Maybe they're going to be an important name in their lives. Jesus brings us together as dear friends. And it's why in verse 16, Paul says we're to greet one another with a holy kiss. So the application this morning is pucker up. What is it? Do we need to kiss each other more? No, that, that was the greeting. That was the affectionate greeting of the time. Whether it's a handshake or a hug, whatever it looks like for us, we, we are to delight in one another. We are to encourage one another. We're to invest in our relationships, our friendships with one another. We're to spend time together with one another. And I think it makes sense of that sort of abrupt warning that leaps off the page in verse 17. You see it. Paul says, watch out. I urge you, brothers and sisters, watch out for those who cause divisions, for obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. It's picking up where we've been in the last few weeks. That Paul warning that we're not to create division unnecessarily. We're not to put obstacles in people's way. It doesn't mean that as long as you do it in the name of Jesus, you can do what you want and believe what you want. He's quite clear, isn't he? That he wants... He wants the Roman church to be wise about what is good, innocent about what is evil. But it's when we put our own preferences first. So such people are not serving the Lord Christ, but their own appetites. They're putting their own preferences first. But that will not last forever. We're told, aren't we, that one day a God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. There is a day when Jesus will return. That when the struggles and strains of church life will be no more. Jesus makes us dear friends. We're to get on with one another. But it doesn't stop there, does it? Because Jesus makes us co-workers. Because of what Jesus has done in his life, his death, his resurrection, one day his return, we're to work together now for the good of our life together and for making Jesus known to the world around us. Just look at Phoebe, verse 1. He commends Phoebe. She's the one who brings Paul's letter to the church in Rome. She's much more than a postie, though, isn't she? It says she's, she's been the benefactor of many people, including me. Phoebe has given her money to fund Paul and others going out to make Jesus known. There are many, many, many in our church family who do that. You give in order to enable the team here to do uh, the work for our life together and for making Jesus known. And we go on, there's Priscilla and Aquila, aren't there? 
my fellow workers in Christ, they risked their lives for Paul. But notice also verse, verse 5. Greet also the church that meets at their house. They open their home. Many of you do that. You open your home for your home group. You invite others for food. You host events. You host the youth Bible study. Still in verse 5, we, we meet Epinetus, the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. What an encouragement he must have been. Just imagine him going around telling his story. Like Tim, my maths teacher, standing in front of everybody and saying, I've become a Christian. What an opportunity he must have had. Maybe you're here this morning, you're the only Christian in your family or your workplace or amongst your friends. What an opportunity you have. Verse 13, Rufus, or more specifically, Rufus's mum. You see that? Rufus's mum was like a mother to Paul. What a blessing you are when you are a spiritual mother, a spiritual father to others in the church, those who are younger in faith or, or younger in years. Jesus makes us dear friends. We must work hard at getting on. Jesus makes us co-workers. We're to get on with the hard work. We don't all have the same opportunities or gifts or abilities. We do have the same work to do. Serving our life together. Offering Jesus to those who don't yet know him. And when we do this, when we share our life together in Jesus as dear friends and co-workers, it shows the glory of God. It shows his goodness, his greatness, his wisdom and his power, which is why Paul ends. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen.